When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. It is Monday, February 13th. It's been a pretty monumental week for the Walt Disney Company. No, not that weird 100th anniversary corporate propaganda video that ran during the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Bob Iger, the new CEO, who's also the old CEO. He did his first earnings report since taking over. He started to lay out his strategy to turn the company around after a pretty rough and chaotic year. He's starting with a big reorganization to give financial oversight back to the creative executives. He's cutting costs, eliminating about 7,000 jobs and about $5.5 billion, he says, including about $3 billion in content cuts which means fewer shows and movies coming out of Disney. That was enough to neutralize an activist shareholder, Nelson Peltz, who dropped his bid for a board seat. And Iger is splitting the company into three silos. Entertainment, that's film, TV, and streaming, parks and consumer products, and ESPN in a separate silo, perhaps to someday spin off or sell it, though Iger said he doesn't have any plans to do that. Hulu, on the other hand, is officially in play. And this is where it gets interesting. Quote, everything is on the table, end quote, he said when it comes to Hulu. Remember, Disney owns two-thirds of Hulu thanks to its $71 billion acquisition of most of Fox in 2019. Comcast owns the other third. And in 2024, Disney can choose to buy out Comcast, try to sell to Comcast, or together, they could put the whole thing up for bids to sell to someone else. Iger's openness to offloading Hulu is a stark reversal in strategy, CNBC wrote especially since the service is growing. It's up to almost 50 million paid subscribers, and it has a successful advertising tier, something that all the streamers are trying to establish. It's part of Disney's streaming bundle, and it's helped sell all three of its services and reduce churn. Customers like it. I definitely do. I was watching Fleischman is in Trouble, an FX show this past weekend. But Hulu is U.S. only. Disney could always just migrate all the Hulu content over to Disney+, 
Plus, it's expensive to feed that beast with new shows and movies to market it. The type of stuff there is mostly for adults, a category of entertainment that Iger is now calling, quote, undifferentiated, unquote. He seems to have soured on it, which is weird, because he was a big champion of buying Fox for all that stuff in the first place. So what's going on here? I've got Lucas Shaw, our usual Monday morning guy from Bloomberg, in here to help me figure out what's going to happen to Hulu. Is Disney a buyer or a seller? Who might buy it? Besides Comcast. And if Disney is a seller, is Iger about to cut or scale way back on the kind of shows that you and I actually like to watch? From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. Okay, we are here with Lucas Shaw of Bloomberg. Welcome back, Lucas. Great to be here. So you, you just flew back this morning, or you're about to fly back? What's the deal? No, no, I was not in Arizona. I did not go to the Super Bowl. I am, I am moderating a panel at a conference in Florida. That's why we are taping early today. Ah. Uh, Craig is the one that went to Arizona for a week. I cannot imagine being in a Phoenix hotel for a week of media leading up to the Super Bowl. But you know what? I'm not in my 20s anymore. Craig has left us unsupervised, which is very dangerous. <laughs> That's right. Craig said he's, he's, quote, flying back this morning, which uh, may be true or it may mean that he's in some Scottsdale jail this morning trying to bail himself out after victory celebration. What, what part of Florida are you going to? Is it someplace good or someplace bad? This is Fort Lauderdale, which I have Oof. never actually been to. I know, but I've I've heard that the, the hotels are nice, and I assume I will be in the hotel most of the time. Probably safe um, bet. All right, so we are not talking about Central Florida hotels. We are talking about Hulu and Disney and all the things that went on this past week with Bob Iger and this CNBC interview he did after the earnings call, in which he officially put Hulu in play. Um, was that was that your interpretation that he put it in play? Well, that so there are three things going on here, potentially. One, Iger is just negotiating the press, meaning he wants to buy out Comcast's one-third share still, but he doesn't want Comcast to think he's desperate to buy them out because you know it's going to be a big check that Disney's going to have to write, probably about $9 billion. Hulu's been valued potentially at around $27, $28 billion. And he knows that's a big check, so he doesn't want them to uh, jack up the price on him. That's one thing. Second, he really is a seller now. He thinks that in this current environment that everybody's cutting back and Disney's going to have to focus on what it does best. And he thinks Hulu is a superfluous distribution pipeline that they don't really need. It's only U.S. and they're a global company. Um, he's now trying to potentially gin up multiple buyers for all of Hulu. So it's not just Comcast. That's the second scenario. And the third one is perhaps most interesting because it could be a larger shift. Iger has potentially decided that the streaming wars are over. Disney should retreat to being a purveyor of family content. All of these efforts in the original scripted HBO style, FX style, Netflix style, original dramas, that is a very difficult business to be in. And he's going to let it, HBO and Netflix duke it out. And they're going to focus on family and branded and IP stuff. So where do you think he stands? What one, two, or three? I think two and three can be part of the, can be the same, right? He he can be retreating to family friendly, and also as a result of that, trying to find the best buyer for for Hulu. Um, so you don't think that this is just negotiating the no, press? No, I, I I'm not sure. I my okay. I guess my initial instinct is that it's negotiating in the press because 
undoing ev- like undoing the fo- basic selling Hulu and getting out of general entertainment is basically admitting that the thing that he did three years ago or four years ago and in, in buying those assets from Fox was a total mistake, um, and that the future of the company um, is just you know core Disney big brands. I I guess I've. There's there there are two to me there's still two big questions right there's the there's the ESPN and then there's the Hulu and the giving up on ESPN is giving up on sports and focusing on entertainment and even though you and I have both talked about why we think that might not be the best idea that certainly feels like it's where the company is going with the new structure oh you think and- so you think you think that he is prepping a spinoff I think he's creating optionality. Okay. Um, and so he's 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 cleaved off ESPN in a way or broken it out in a way that would be very easy to spin it out or sell it. I realize he just said that that's not what he's trying to do. Yeah, and I, honestly, I do feel that Iger, I mean, he is a sports guy and he sees sports as family-friendly. He sees sports as something that is in Disney's lane and it's going to be expensive, but it's the Walt Disney Company. They can compete there if they really want to. I, I just don't see him cutting bait on sports. Okay. And then the other is giving up on, let's basically like FX slash Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's let's stick with what Disney Plus does really well. Um, and that certainly was his, commu- his messaging was we're spending too much on general entertainment. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we should be we should be focusing on the core brand. Let, let me just read the quote here. Let me read the yeah. Iger quote. And this is from his CNBC interview. Quote, I've talked about general entertainment being undifferentiated. I'm not going to speculate if we're a buyer or a seller of it, but I'm concerned about undifferentiated general entertainment. We're going to look at it very objectively. So that's not a huge endorsement of the strategy that he put in place three or four years ago, which was to buy these Fox assets and bulk up for what he saw as the coming war with Netflix for global domination in streaming. Because it's not just FX and Hulu. They have Searchlight, which is a movie studio that makes movies for adults. They have 20th Television, which mostly makes dramas and comedies for adults. They have Onyx, which is a diversity-oriented studio that mostly makes shows for adults. This is a this would be a huge pivot. If Disney essentially backs away from the kinds of stuff that Fox makes, now I, I realize Fox has a lot of family-friendly franchises and it would not be a total loss if he sold some stuff. They still have Avatar. They have a lot of Marvel-oriented rights that Fox had, like Fantastic Four and X-Men. They get The Simpsons still. They would get probably keep Family Guy. I mean, there's a lot of things that they can keep that are more family-friendly. But this would be a huge retreat. I just don't think Iger's going to go there. Do you? It doesn't make sense from a long-term growth perspective, right? Because I feel like Disney Plus has has approached saturation, at least in some key markets, for who wants to sign up for it, right? And so the question is, how do you keep growing it? I don't think that you're going to get another 30 million Disney Plus subscribers making more Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel. And the, the, the way to do that would be to, to more closely integrate Disney Plus and Hulu. Um, Look, I, I've, there are people inside the company who think Hulu's going to end up being a tile in Disney+. Plus. There are people Like it is around the-, the world, or not Hulu, yeah. but Star. I mean, that's the whole thing that is weird about this conversation is that in the rest of the world, not the rest of the world, in a lot of markets around the world, Disney+, Plus is an all-audience service. 
they have a tile for the star content and you can go there and see the FX shows or Pam and Tommy and it lives in that ecosystem with Disney Plus. Now, that is not what Disney Plus was originally envisioned for. Iger is a big brand guy and he knows the Disney brand means something. And when they launched it, it was supposed to be this more family-friendly thing. But then they got into this arms race with Netflix and it became something bigger. And I think that, you know, they can cut back on the, these kinds of programs, maybe make fewer searchlight movies, maybe make fewer FX shows, maybe do, you know do things in a more cost-effective way. But I think to to it, the, the customer is fine with Disney Plus meaning more than just Marvel and Star Wars. I think. I think you're right, but I feel like Iger is going to do something pretty major, right? Like I just. From everyone I've spoken with, it doesn't feel like he came in to to you know to to just tweak a few things and then and then take off. He's already gone about a really significant restructuring, um, putting you know putting all the power back in the hands of the creatives, marginalizing a lot of the tech and operations executives that they had before. So that's one big shift. Um, but I I feel like it's a little bit of an appetizer to whatever the next move is, and there's got to be some big deal that he wants to do. Yeah, he doesn't just drop things in interviews like that. This was calculated. He wasn't asked about it on the earnings call, so he did the follow-up interview with CNBC, and he dropped it just to kind of prime thing. And I've talked to people at Hulu, and they were sort of expecting something like this. I mean, I got an email from someone. This was actually a former Disney executive who, and I want to quote the email here. This person said, the obsession with keeping Disney Plus pure, meaning for families, led to a ton of frustration among the U.S. creative executives. They were pre prevented from picking up more general entertainment shows. They watched its quality projects, went elsewhere. And even as outside the U.S., their international counterparts had way more leeway to pursue a full spectrum of interesting projects. It was a schizophrenic approach towards what was ostensibly meant to be a global brand. That is interesting to me because... It presents the dichotomy here. You either lean in to what Disney Plus is globally, or you lean back and make the rest of the world more like what Disney Plus is in the U.S. And I just feel like Iger is going to lean in globally. Well, it's 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 certainly the move if the desire is subscribers, which is not his stated desire, at least as of this past week. Yeah, it's expensive to do all this, is what you're saying. And, it, and, and the revenue per subscriber potentially comes down unless they, if they cut back, they just focus on the families. They can make this stuff for relatively cheaper. And what they found is that the brand equity of Disney and the stickiness amongst families causes people to subscribe and stay subscribed to Disney Plus longer than they would if this were Netflix and they and Netflix started cutting back and you stopped getting that fire hose of Netflix content. If I'm Iger, what you, so you've just announced a plan to take a bunch of cost out of the company and to restructure it in a way that you feel better suits your long-term needs. Then you got to see, I think, a little bit what happens with the economy and how people are feeling about the streaming business. Because what he's he's done with the breakout of ESPN and some of his commentary around Hulu is he's creating options. And mm -hmm. I said this before, but it's because if he wants to sell ESPN, it's a little bit easier. If he wants to sell Hulu, he's sort of opening the door to people. He can see what's out there. Um as as you and others have reported, he's working with some advisors to talk about it. Yeah, he hired and Goldman so, Sachs. 
I, I think if we're in some longer term recession where there's going to be pressure to change things for six, 12 months, it increases the odds that he takes one of these paths because he can raise a bunch of money. I've talked to a bunch of former Disney people who've predicted that he's going to basically package together in some way all the general entertainment stuff. Think, you know, FX, ABC, uh, maybe Searchlight. Uh, maybe Hulu, and you spin it off or sell it for pieces. And you can also do so in a way that you get rid of a lot of your debt because Disney is levered a little bit more than some of these other companies. And so if that's a concern, that's one option. And Bob just restores the focus to the core Disney brands. Uh, it's not what I would do, but... No, and it also would just go against everything that he has done over the past 20-something years at the company. I mean, this has been a company in growth mode. You spin that stuff off, you make Disney a smaller company, all of a sudden, Disney's in play again for someone to come in and buy the whole thing. Well, you know, Disney may. is big enough. I mean, it may, be, it may be in play anyways, but Disney is big enough now where it's going to be tough for some company to come in and buy it. You, you cut a lot of that stuff out, and all of a sudden, more companies can come in and buy it. Okay, well, I have two two thoughts on that. Yeah. One, given Iger's relatively pessimistic remarks about traditional entertainment, it would not be crazy to me if he were thinking about that as an exit plan because he's said that linear TV is in deep trouble. He said that the movie business isn't going to be back and streaming, which he while he believes is the future, he's sort of recognized that it's not as good a business as what he once had. And so the idea... Of, I, I think there are a lot of these guys, Rupert Murdoch, fit into this category too, where they looked at what was happening in media and entertainment and they said, you know what? These big tech companies are big, are media companies. They're bigger and better at what they're doing. And there may not be a future for us. And the only way is to try to create like a couple of super entertainment companies. And so he sold his entertainment assets to Disney. Now, look, I think Disney could survive on its own and be fine. Yeah, the parks are the differentiator for Disney. But Iger, Iger's looking at this scenario and he's going, this is not going to be a fun ride for media and entertainment. If I slim the company down and make it more desirable, who's to say he doesn't try to sell it to Apple for $300 billion? Maybe. But that was the Jeff Bucus strategy for Time Warner, and look what happened to that company. It's been passed around, and you know I would argue that slimming it down and selling it was great for the shareholders at the time, but ultimately has not been great for the it business. Destroyed, it destroyed the the kind of the brand, if you will, if it had one, for or or damaged it. So here's the question: If Hulu is for sale, who is a potential buyer besides Comcast? Are there any? I mean, if you go through the math, it's worth. $27, $28 billion. Uh, that's pretty big ticket. Not any company can just do that. Um, Comcast has this right, or not a right, Disney has the right, but Comcast has this relationship where Disney could potentially sell it to Comcast. But if it goes on the market, who's a buyer? The only other buyers that make a lot of sense, I don't know if a lot is fair, <laughs> there's, there's always a sort of the financial angle, right? If some private equity firm decided that they wanted to step up and buy it, it doesn't really fit the profile. It's, it's technically still a growth business. It doesn't generate that much cash, I don't think. So I'm not sure it's the right move, but it, it's something that they could do. Well, and back in the day, Hulu, when Hulu was potentially being sold like literally 10 years ago, there were private equity bidders in that process. And the studios that own Hulu at the time decided to stay the course and not sell. So there would be history there of others bidding for Hulu. Maybe an international buyer, you know, if someone decided... The, the problem there is it's a US-only service. And if it's not owned by... 
a traditional media company, which can supply it with its own project. Because for now, if it trades hands, it will continue to stream and show the projects for which it has rights for a certain period of time. But it doesn't own a whole lot on its no, own. No, but right? you could like, do a deal where Disney had to license you know, the, the key shows for five years, something like that. Sure, but that means that eventually you're going to need to fill the pipes. And if you're not owned by a traditional media company, what do you got, right? right if, yeah. if some... Uh, if some Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Middle Eastern, Latin American company came in to try to buy it, I don't, I don't know how that works. I feel like it, it re, as long as it's a U.S. only service, it really only works for, uh, for, for fellow U.S. media companies, and none of the tech companies are going to touch it because they don't want a U.S. only service. No, you don't think so. Even though all those subs and potentially access to those shows, something like Amazon or Apple, why? Or- Facebook or any of those. Yeah. I mean, the one, I was listening to the Light Shed podcast, those analysts, and they were talking about how Microsoft might be a potential bidder if the Activision deal that, uh, falls apart on antitrust grounds. Um, I don't know about that, but why, my, why Microsoft, would Microsoft is in that. Well, they are handling the ads for Netflix right now. So they're getting a taste of that business and they could potentially be interested to want to keep that. I mean, Microsoft is global. I know. Hulu's US. So I don't know. I, but the biggest issue with Microsoft, I think, is if they failed in one media acquisition, why would they immediately turn around and attempt another major one? Well, you could argue that because it's only U.S., that it's not, you know, the streaming business is different from the games business. Um, you know, I don't I don't know the details. Apparently, the U.K. inquiry into the Microsoft deal is what could potentially uh, scuttle that Activision purchase. Uh, they're getting a lot of scrutiny there. So perhaps the, the UK regulators would care less if it was a US business they were going after. And then who knows, God knows what's going on in this country for antitrust. <laughs> but uh, so who knows? I, I don't know. That seems a little bit of a gambit for a company like Microsoft. Who needs Hulu more, Disney or Comcast? Well, that's a good question because... It gets to the question of what they actually care about. But if you look objectively, Comcast, I mean, Peacock, we've made fun of on this show, but it does have 20 million subscribers now, has better content than it's had, but it doesn't have 50. And that's what Hulu has. It doesn't have the kind of successful ad tier yet that, uh, that Hulu has. So perhaps you combine those two and it becomes a real business, at least in this country, that could be good. And there's there's history there. The NBC Universal shows were on Hulu until recently. They were stripped off and put on Peacock. So it would make sense to reunite those. Um, and then Disney, you know, I, I happen to like Hulu as a service. I think it is differentiated in this country. There, it, You do feel like it's got that, it's got the next day shows that you go there to watch reruns on. And it's also got originals. And it's also, you know, I'm a big FX watcher and it's got that. And the movies are good. Like it, it is differentiated in the sense that it has great content. I don't know if I necessarily agree with Iger there. I know what he's saying. He wants to lean into the brands, but like, I don't know. The Hulu's going in the right direction. It seems a, a bit odd to just cut bait on it. Well, but couldn't you have said that about HBO Max and they're renaming it and rebranding it and all of those things as well? But they're adding to it. That's the thing with HBO Max. They're making it bigger and better. And perhaps you could argue that combining Hulu with Disney Plus is the Disney equivalent of that. And ultimately, it seems like it will probably end up being a tile on Disney Plus, where you have to pay an upcharge to get the bundle, which is basically what they do now. I mean, they, the big boost on Hulu has been through this Disney bundle, and they've been successful in selling it. It reduces churn, and you put in, you throw in ESPN, which people are 
taking but not necessarily watching. And Disney has its own little mini version of a bundle there, which everybody's trying to replicate uh, from the cable world. And it seems to be going okay there. They're now bigger globally than Netflix if you count all the subs to all the different services. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, I have two questions for you that are totally unrelated. One is super inside baseball. Iger's announcement yesterday, who, which of his executive was the biggest winner and which of his executives was the biggest loser or who is like most happy with the new regime? Wait, yesterday? You mean last week? Last, last week. week. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, the two executives that were specifically upped to run this entertainment group are Dana Walden and Alan Bergman, who are going to run TV and film respectively. So I'd say that they are the winners here because- they're in the pole position to learn and be potentially successors to him. I mean, Bergman probably is the bigger winner because he was not previously discussed in those terms. And now he has this bigger role and uh, we'll see what happens there. But um, why? I mean, that that's, that's seems kind of obvious to me. Well, how do you, because, because of what we're discussing with general entertainment, mm-hmm. what do you think is, is FX boss, John Landgraf's response to the Iger remarks last week. Oh, okay. So the, the communication was basically, John, you're getting less money. Yes. However, they like him and want him to stay. So my, my understanding is that they are going to offer him something bigger. Like he would be over all adult oriented content at the company. If they choose to go that direction, because currently he has oversight of FX originals, but he does not have oversight of the adult-oriented Hulu programming that is not branded FX. And that's been by choice. I mean, he's had options to get a larger role at this company for a long time. And this is he's an executive that really likes the creative process and likes being in the weeds with creatives. But if all of a sudden he's going to get less money and have less ambition for FX, then why not put him over everything and just say, this is our adult-oriented content group run by John Landgraf? Yeah. If they decide to keep it <laughs> or if they get rid of it, maybe he leaves and goes to, you know, uh, Peacock or something else. I don't know. But um, it just seems crazy to me that Disney would spend all this money, exert all this effort, have this structure, bring in all these executives to do a full slate of diverse content. And then all of a sudden, you know, the economy goes bad and they're like, nope, okay, we're going to go back to doing kitty movies. So you think they keep Hulu? I, I, I do, ultimately. They're testing the market now and they're figuring out what to do. Um, I think they're going to either keep it or they're going to sell the shell and keep the focus on adult entertainment on Disney Plus just without the Hulu branding and without the Hulu name. Yeah. 
I think you're probably right. All right. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Matt. All right. We are back with the call sheet. As I mentioned, Craig is still in Arizona or, quote, flying back. Um, I have not been asked to bail him out of jail yet, so hopefully he's okay. But I asked Lucas to stick around for a prediction segment. And Lucas, I want a prediction from you. I, I, I sit here every day and give my predictions. I do okay for our year anniversary show next month. Craig is going to call me on all my predictions. And I think I've done pretty well so far. But uh, I'm going to put the hot seat under you today. Give us a prediction. So I already screwed up. Because last week, I tweeted out what I was hearing, which was that Rihanna was going to announce a tour this year. Uh, Didn't the happen. Fact she, the fact that she just announced that she's pregnant on national television suggests that that is not the case. So maybe it'll be next year. But I'm going to stick with the music, and specifically the women in music theme. So my prediction is that three of the four biggest tours of this year will be led by female pop stars. Oh, that's a good, that's a good prediction. So Taylor, Beyonce, and who? Pink. Pink. Good one. Pink is so fascinating because she's a huge, huge music star and doesn't get lumped in with the other pop stars. She So in 2019, Pink ended the year as the with the single biggest tour in the world. She made more money than Elton John. She made more money than Ed Sheeran. She made more money than the Rolling Stones. She made more money than BTS. Um... Now, she doesn't have quite as many... If she had more dates on her calendar, I would predict that Pink would beat Bruce Springsteen and Beyonce. But she doesn't. That's not going to happen. She's playing about 20 fewer dates than them. Pink also charges a lot of money because her tour is full of like trapeze and theatrics. Yeah, that's the thing. She she's flies flying around. all over the place. She flies around um, and women in their 40s love it. But she, if you look at what she, I mean, she has gotten to a level, look, Pink was a big deal when I was a kid, right? Like Misunderstood was an album. I own that on CD. But I have not listened to Pink music in like 20 years. But she's, she's going to play and almost certainly sell out baseball stadiums all over the US and arenas, or excuse me, stadiums all over Europe. Yeah, well, I, I feel like she falls into that category of someone who's got enough hits. She's known as a good performer. She does a thing like, you know, you're going to see some crazy shit when you go see her. And it's, you know, she's in that wheelhouse now where her fans are aging up. They have a little bit more money. They still want to go out and see a show and she'll capitalize. She'll, she'll be able to tour forever. Yeah. The only question I have, I really wanted to come on and predict that Bruce Springsteen would outsell Beyonce because he did the last time they both were on tour. Um, but I don't think he's playing in some like, sm he's playing arenas and she's playing stadiums. And so I don't think he can do it. Mm, all right, we'll see. We'll have you back in. We should do a summer concert show and we can go through the whole list and see who's going to win, who's going to fly. Do you have a prediction of who may not do well this summer, who's touring but has a potential to flop? You know, there's a there's a part of me that wants to predict Madonna. Oh, you know, just because she's so weird now. I know, but you know I, what? I feel like people will still show up. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good one to watch. Um, and sad for you, Bad Bunny is not touring this summer. He's taking the year off. All right. Uh, thanks, Lucas. That's the show for today. I want to thank Lucas for coming on. I want to thank producer Craig Holbeck, wherever he is. And I want to thank you. We will see you later this week. <laughs>